This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Wrexham 5, Maidstone United nil, and normal service has been resumed. After Chesterfield, Wrexham needed a reaction and they gave one. And Phil Parkinson, who, let's be honest, would have been under a little bit of pressure after a couple of frustrating games, uh, went back, I think, wisely to what worked well for us last season and it had the desired effect. So we went back to the 4-3-3. That is very well grooved and very well established with the players from last season. And it was highly effective. In fact, only the wing-backs and Howard the keeper were players who weren't there last season. And yeah, it all looked very familiar as we took apart a Maidstone team who, frankly, were architects of their own downfall. Now, Hakin Hayretin, their manager, uh, criticised the players afterwards. But Maidstone's naive approach, which surely is down to the manager... I think really played into our hands, in all honesty. I think Maidstone have got something. Um, but they're a bold attacking team. I applaud that. I think that's great. And I think it's admirable to come to one of the bigger teams in the division and try and take us on. But I think they need to find a common gra- a middle ground where they can be a bit more conservative. They've had three games so far this season, taken four points out of them before coming to the race course. Two of them were against newly promoted sides. The other was against Altrincham, who are aiming for mid-table, and their attacking approach therefore has yielded points. But I think you've got to approach a game at the racecourse in a different manner. If they go to places like Chesterfield or Notts County with the same approach, they'll equally, I think, be beaten comfortably. As it is, they didn't make it difficult for Wrexham to play, and my one criticism of the Wrexham performance would be, could it have been more clinical? Because... Really, there ought to have been five goals, more than five goals between the two sides. So Wrexham started off extremely strongly, will I say that. They would continue like that for the entire match, but you could see immediately the tempo was excellent, just forcing Maidstone back, forcing errors at the back, and yeah, you could see that Wrexham were really at it. And they carved out a, a real chance in the sixth minute. James Jones whipping in across after Anthony Ford had done well down the right. He drove at his man, drove him back to the goal line, and that created loads of space behind him so he could pull it back for James Jones. He struck an excellent cross at the far post. Mullen got it well. It wasn't the easiest of headers. He was quite close in, but he was beyond the far post and on the run and managed to head it back across the keeper and hit the bar and bounced down. I think, looking at the video, that the goalkeeper, Mersin, uh, just got enough on it to push it onto the bar. It was an excellent save of so because he's having to come across quickly and then change direction back in the direction he came from. The ball bounced out, but Wrexham won it back and played it back into a crowded box and Mullen struck a powerful shot from 15 yards, which was on target. A defender lunged in front of Mersin to get an important block. But the, ret- the reprieve wouldn't last long. By the ninth minute, Wrexham had the lead in a, a game which well, already it seemed inevitable they would break through. A corner from Young, a nicely worked routine as well. Wrexham crowded the six-yard box. Young signalled, and then Davis peeled away from the far post. Young swung it into him. Davis stooped and headed it back across the face of goal, and there was Mullen three yards out to himself stoop and head the ball home. A simple goal for Mullen. A very well executed move by Wrexham, which clearly we've been working on, and poor defending by Maidstone, and I'm afraid that would be a pattern as well. 
they were really switched off for this one. Nobody went with Davis, so we had a free header six yards out. But then also, when they saw that was happening, all right, even if he's got a free header, nobody came out at all, which meant that Mullen was onside as well. And Mullen's marker, they were marking man-to-man, just completely caught out ball-watching. So when the ball went over his head, he just followed it towards Davis without making a decisive move, and Mullen was left in a crowded six-yard box with pretty much a yard of space all the way around him, but a simple finish for him. And Wrexham continued to hassle uh, Corley, who was one of two centre-backs who had a horrible time in the first half. was trying to carry the ball forwards. He ran into Mullen, who tackled him, and was one-on-one with uh, the goalkeeper, Mercy, and straight through the middle. Got to say, Mullen must be furious with himself that this wasn't a goal, because... Messin came out, committed himself, maybe a bit too soon. He was a long way out of his goal, and Mullen obviously thought, I can't resist just scooping it over him. And he did scoop it over him, but it went well wide to the left post. I mean, I don't know. I, I was a goalkeeper, not a striker. So, you know, saying that straight away and me telling Mullen how to do his job is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but... It seems to me with scoop shots like that, the difficult thing is getting the height on them so the keeper doesn't get it and then bringing it down again. He got that perfect, just got his direction wrong. It came off the inside of his foot and it went well wide. He would have been absolutely livid with himself. He should have had two goals after 11 minutes. After a quarter of an hour, again, this incessant pressure led to another opportunity, a long throw from Toza. Palmer flicked it on nicely, Cleweth back to goal in the six-yard box hooked it on, and it went over the bar. It's a tricky one for him. He made good contact with the hook over his shoulder. That's the problem. He had a man on his back, so he couldn't back in any further, and it was difficult to keep it down from that range. Strangely, for the next 15 minutes, there were no real proper chances made by Wrexham. They were still completely on top of the game. Maidstone played a 4-2-3-1, which meant that they were outnumbered in midfield. They weren't getting the ball up to their forward players. And also, their wide players, if they didn't track back, were leaving real spaces, especially on the right for Wrexham Ford. I wondered whether he had an exclusion order or something against him, because a number of times in this game that he was available with nobody within 10 yards of him in any direction. It was remarkable. Uh, but, yeah, for about 15 minutes, Wrexham just lulled. The intensity just lulled a little bit. Still in complete control. It was really felt very comfortable for a 1-0. Uh, there's no sense Maidstone were going to cause a threat. Um, but the chances just dried up for a bit and then restarted uh, in spectacular fashion. Like I said, the two centre-backs were having a rotten time. Corley was really making mistakes. He was struggling to, to watch the movement of the strikers. His touch wasn't great when he was on the ball either. And then next to him, Joe Ellul was, I mean, to be fair to him, trying to engage with Palmer and battle with him, but was outgunned in terms of strength and Palmer frankly bullied him in the half, on the half hour mark Howard hits a terrific ball over the top Palmer running onto us down the left channel wrestling with Ellul in the end Ellul went flying and Palmer finished it nicely and was livid when the whistle went to deny him for the foul on Ellul I've got to be honest and say at the time I thought yeah that's a foul having watched the replay I'm 60-40 that it was a foul by Palmer but they were both locking arms. If I'm perfectly frank, I think the reason that it looks more like a foul by Palmer is that he's stronger than Ellul. 
Ellel grabs him by the arm, hooks his arm around Palmer's and tries to pull him away from the ball while not conceding a penalty and fails to make really any impact on Palmer. Palmer then does put his hands on him, his other hand, and push him away and Ellel falls. Okay, and I can see why the ref's given the foul. I still think 60-40, the ref right. But Ellel's trying to foul him and just isn't strong enough to do so. Maybe Palmer's a, a touch unlucky there. But that sparked a second wave of creativity and for the last 15 minutes poor Maidstone found themselves penned in and getting a bit of a battering. Five minutes later, Aaron Hayden, who spent a good chunk of the start of the match going on and off the pitch after he took a cut on the head and the referee kept sending him off to, to get it treated and at one point, rather dramatically, Hayden must have been told there was blood on his shorts and pulled his pants down in front of the rest of Lager stand. <laughs> Steady on. Uh, Hayden probably should have scored, like I said. Toes are slinging a great throw-in. Hayden rising as he does, massively at the near post. Clean contact, puts it just wider than the near post. It was close, but frankly, having timed his jump and his head as a perfection, he'll be, as I'm sure, very disappointed he didn't put it inside the post. But Wrexham kept pushing on. Cluworth doing well on the left, feeding it down the line. Davis with a lovely little step over and turn to beat his man who came ploughing into him. A poor challenge that the referee should have, when the ball went dead, come back and penalised with a yellow. He didn't, but the ball fell to Mondi on the left in an advanced position. He turned his man brilliantly and went tearing away into the box, pulled it back perfectly to Ford in a central position inside the area. And Ford, with one defender between him and goal, and therefore a clear sight of goal, I think will have been disappointed. The ball came to him on his right foot. His first touch um, wasn't the best, so he decided as it came down to be cute and cut inside onto his left foot to deceive that defender. He did so, but then he hit a shot much too close to Mersin, who saved it pretty comfortably low down to his left. Ford frustrated with himself. With the moments, though, Wrexham did have that inevitable second goal. Great long ball again from Howard, whose long passing is starting to show its value. Palmer, now, I've got to say, having had been maybe a little unlucky with the disallowed goal, to me looked like he was climbing on Ellel, although to be fair, the centre-back just did not get off the ground. Palmer nodded it down and Jordan Davis scored an early contender for goal of the season. Glorious stuff, hitting it on the half volley, running onto it, didn't even break his stride, just as he met it at the edge just outside the box, he hit it with the outside of his left foot just cutting across it and sent it flying into the bottom right corner a brilliant goal by Jordan Davis and Wrexham who frankly felt they had breathing space at 1-0 now were 2 up and really looking comfortable and it continues. There was no respite for Maidstone. Hayden, showing the value of having a defender who's willing to bring the ball out from the back, battled away under pressure, got away from his man in his own half and helped it on to Ford. Ford with a super ball to find Mullen over the top, one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. Mercy, though, did really well to get off his line very quickly. Just forced Mullen into the left channel. Still a great chance, but because Mercy was out so quickly, he got really close to Mullen and Mullen I think sensibly tried to cut it around him and Mercy because he was so close to block it with his feet a good save by the keeper but Mullen really frustrated by now one goal two one-on-ones missed he'd make up for it in the second half in added time Wrexham kept pushing Young after one of his corners was cleared on the right hand and the left hand side rather sweeping it in with his right foot a great ball to the far post super cushion volley back by Toza and Davis 
running onto it 10 yards out. Nearly got another fabulous call to his name. A terrific strike by him. And Corley blocked it. It was a remarkable block, if he meant it. He was standing in front of the keeper and, and stooped and it hit the top of his shoulder and flew over the bar. If he hadn't have blocked it, I really don't think Mercy would have had a chance. It was a glorious strike by Davis. It wasn't much of a reprieve, though, because a minute later, in the third and final minute of added time, Wrexham got the third goal, which, frankly, their first half deserved. Young ripping in the corner from the right-hand side. Davis again losing his man, attacking it at the near post this time. Got a flick on it. It was going across the six-yard box, but it hit Odesanya in the chest and ricocheted past Mercine before the keeper could properly react. Unfortunate on goal, Odesanya didn't have much of a chance. It hit him at speed. Mercine looked a bit sully because it sort of dropped under his hands, but really both of them just beaten by the surprise pace of the ball on it. And Wrexham had a 3-0 lead, and like I said, I think that was a fair reflection, to be honest. Hiretan had a bit of an issue at half-time. Which centre-back do you take off? If you take any centre-back off because they're not coping, that's bad. He decided to take Elul off. He could easily have taken off Corley. In fact, I think I probably would have done. And maybe Corley would have thanked him. Wrexham, in the second half, just continued to pile on the pressure. Five minutes in, Cluith intercepting with a header over the top. Palmer running clear on goal. Mersin again did really well, very quickly off his line. Managed to win a 50-50 with Palmer on the D, or the big man would have just walked it in. It was a frustrating day for Palmer to continue a frustrating season for him. For me, he's playing extremely well. He just can't get the ball to the actual net. But he's doing an excellent job of being a foil to Mullen, as he always has done. Wrexham just kept pushing and kept pushing. A couple of minutes later, James Jones tackled Ryan Booty on the edge of the area, and he was one-on-one, -on -one, but he didn't finish it. Mersin again came out quickly. Jones tried to shape it around him and hit it into the side netting. And a couple of minutes later, another opportunity. James Jones again doing well on the right-hand side, combining with Mullen, who swept the ball into the far post. Jordan Davis meeting it with his head at close range, but outside of the far post. And good work by Gavin Hoyt, who backed into him, meant that Jones couldn't quite get on top of it, and he headed it into the side netting, although it may well have flicked the outsides of the post as well. It was really close. Long throw then by Toza, nearly came, turned into a disaster. A defender 10 yards out flicked it on and it looked like it may have been going in. Defender at the far post managed to clear it off the line. And almost straight after that, the only gap really being for Liam Vincent to come on left back for Maidstone. And then his first involvement of the game was to receive the ball and lose it on the edge of his area. It was excellent work by Ford and Mullen, intelligent work. Mullen was behind Vincent, Vincent realised this because he'd followed a back pass, and Ford really cleverly just blocked off the forward passing channels. There wasn't much to the, the, the side, and Vincent hesitated. If Ford had gone in and committed, Vincent might have been tempted to either knock it past him or try and dribble, but Ford knew Mullen was coming up behind, so he blocked those options. Vincent, seeing no real way forwards and no way square, tried to turn back, and Mullen nicked it off him. Ford picked her up, one-on-one -on -one with the keeper, went round the keeper, but to be fair, Vincent recovered excellently and managed to slide in before Ford could tap it into an empty net. So there you are. Wrexham 3-0 up. They'd missed four one-on-ones and hit the bar, and Jordan Davis had been really unlucky with two close-range efforts. Owen Palmer had been tackled by the goalkeeper and had had a, a goal disallowed possibly harshly. We, I think it's fair to say, we're on top. And in the 64th minute, we get the fourth. 
Mullen switching it out to Young. Beg your pardon. Absolute nonsense, that. It was a ball into the box from a corner by Young. Sorry, got mixed up there. Mullen this time leaving the far post. Exactly the same as that first goal, except Mullen was doing the Davis job. Maidstone will have been very disappointed themselves to have not prepared themselves for a carbon copy corner. This time Mullen nodded it down into the goal mouth. Toza pinning his man in the six-yard box, tried to flick it on with his right foot back to goal, and it hit Corley's outstretched arm. I feel sorry for Corley. He didn't intend to do it. He was quite close to Toza, obviously. He's, he's tight up behind him. But his arm was out to his right, and the ref had to give a penalty. Mullen stepped up and slotted it into the bottom right corner. Well, the keeper, Mersin, went the wrong way. Soon after that, uh, Mason actually had an effort on goal, to be fair. Ball coming out to Booty, who drove the ball through a crowded area. It would have been hard for Howard to see, but it was always going wide at the right post. Before Wrexham resumed their attack with Mullen now, desperate to get on the end of it and score. Um, Bryce Susanna came on with 14 minutes left to give Ford a bit of a rest. And soon afterwards, on the other flank, Mondi was involved, mishitting a cross, which put Mersin in difficulty. He did well to backpedal and tipped the ball over the bar. From that corner... Young swept it in. The keeper just seemed to misjudge it. It hit a defender Hoyt at the far post. I think it was it was close to going straight in by Young at the far post. And it was just going wide. And Hoyt couldn't quite make his mind up, I think, whether to block it or let it go. It hit him on the body. Bounced out to Davis, his third close-range chance. Uh, and the corner of the box, he took a swing at it, sort of sliced it a bit up in the air which might have been a better idea, if he meant it, than driving it into the crowded goal mouth, and the ball just arced, spinning over the keeper, but also over the bar. Sam Dolby came on for his debut, with 10 minutes left. Ollie Palmer looking so frustrated when he'd come off, still looking for that goal, having thrown everything into it. But Dolby would play an important role as Mullin got his hat-trick. Receiving the ball on the left-hand side, driving forwards and playing a nice pass to Mullin. He was up against Corley and a little step over to let the ball run beyond him was all he needed to beat the wretched Corley. One-on-one with the goalkeeper, Mullin didn't hang around. He drove it across him into the bottom right left corner and Mullin had his hat-trick. Soon afterwards, he was replaced and Elliot Lee was given five minutes at the end. Mullin getting a deserved round of applause, a standing ovation rather. And Lee could have got a goal in added time as well. Mondi breaking down the left, feeding it into the left channel. Lee, a bit like he was doing on his debut, driving towards goal. Slightly scuffed his shot across the keeper, beat him, but put it just wide of the far post. In the 92nd minute, Maidstone came closest to scoring a goal. A corner swept in, their substitute Hadi Gando, helping it on six yards out, Jordan Davis making a good block on the line he was defending the near post and Wrexham were home and hosed first clean sheet of the season the biggest win that by any team in the National League so far this season in fact no home team has scored four goals until Wrexham came along and a hat-trick for Mullen the first hat-trick by any player in the National League this season an excellent performance and an important performance because Wrexham needed just to put things right after the defeat at Chesterfield particularly and also important because we now go into a run of five games where we might feel we can get quite a few points. Although Dorking are our opponents soon, and they're going very well. And Woking next Saturday, as we know from last season, certainly a no pushover. Looking at the performances, Howard, well, he had nothing to do. Although he played some good long balls, 
and took a couple of crosses well. So a pretty quiet day in all honesty for him. Tozer in the centre of defence, I thought had his best game of the season so far. Imposing, calm, controlling, causing problems with his long throws and getting on the end of set pieces. Hayden as well, who was a little up and down at Chesterfield, was imperious once more. And Cleweth, loads of good interceptions, good passing by him as well and, and solid defending. So the back three, uh, rock solid. The wing-backs. Ford had an interesting sort of day. I thought he did well in lots of things, and I was very pleased. And I think a lot of fans may have seen for the first time exactly what we're looking for from him. Um, he may be disappointed in the first half. Like I said, he, he got a lot of space. I think he's a player who's very good at finding space, but he didn't have to do that really today because he didn't have to look very far to find it. He may be disappointed, especially in the first half. He had a lot of opportunities to put crosses in and didn't put a good ball in. And he's got real quality, I think, on his right foot. And I think he may be disappointed in that. But his link-up play, um, his pressing of players, which led to that chance he had, of course, um, were excellent. I think you could see the quality that he brings to the team there. On the left-hand side, Mondi had a good game as well. Um, I've seen him tear down the line more, but he was solid in defence when needed, which wasn't very often. And he did threaten down the left too. In the middle of the pitch, well, Luke Young came back in and yeah, illustrated beautifully his value to the team. The, the, just he's just quietly excellent. The number of times he came in and won interceptions and and nicked in and and and, and broke play up and kept got moves started. He was very very good. Either side of him, James Jones, especially in the first half, extremely prominence got some good balls in from the right flank and uh, again was attacking the edge of the area effectively uh, did a good job he knows his job in that three-man system and he did it well and on the other side Jordan Davis was well I mean getting into the penalty area and having opportunities so that's great in itself from a central midfielder isn't it but yeah a good game for Davis as well and then and that's good to see because because he missed a chunk of preseason we need to see him getting up to speed up front I thought Palmer was excellent, bullied both centre-backs, but particularly Ellul, and was just physically too strong. Excellent performance by Palmer. I'd love to have seen him get a goal. He deserved it. And then Mullen, who has to be man of the match, even though he missed two good chances, easier than some of the chances he took, um, scores a hat-trick. Magnificent first hat-trick for Wrexham at home since Chris Holroyd against Torquay in 2018. And it was brilliant to see. Off the bench, Dolby made a decent impression. Ozana was typically lively. Imagine you're an exhausted defence and then Ozana comes on to run at you. It's not a nice experience, is it really? And uh, we also brought on Elliot Lee, who again showed threat. He didn't get long and he was keen to make an impact. So good stuff that from Wrexham. Back where we want to be playing, how we want to be playing, that was gratifying. Remember that the highlights will be coming out at midnight tonight on the club's YouTube channel. And then next Saturday, of course, there'll be full live commentary on Wrexham Player, plus all the other good stuff when Wrexham continue the season at Woking. With a final score of Mason United, I beg your pardon, of Wrexham 5, Mason United 0. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.